It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Taniguzzi coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen in Calgary, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. Our guest today is Brett Wilson, a well-known Canadian entrepreneur who is co-owner of Kaylee's Restaurants and Pubs here in Calgary. He is also a part owner of the Nashville hockey team in the NHL and many other things. So, (laughs) Brett, let's start. um, Just give me your perspective of the COVID virus and the pandemic and the impact that that has had. Let's start with yourself personally and, and your business operations. Well, I own a couple of gyms, or uh, one of them is called Rally Point in Calgary, Global Fitness in, in Kelowna. We've had to lay off everybody. We, uh, I'm actively invested, thanks to Dragon's Den, in a business out of Regina that had 150 employees making jewelry. We had to lay off everybody. Those were some of probably the most emotionally difficult days of my business career, letting go groups of people and things like that. Then there was the negotiations as a landlord with some of my tenants. Then there were the negotiations as a landlord with my lenders, the banks that were giving us money. And so it was creating, instead of a growth opportunity, building businesses, which is something I love to do, this was all about preservation and keeping things from being destroyed. And uh, I can tell you that mid-March was probably one of the most darkest uh, places I've ever been in terms of my business career. Here we are now, six weeks later, uh, the world is coming out in recovery. I think we're coming out in recovery too slow. I think we're overestimating the concern that we need to have. We need to protect the elderly, to protect the infirm, protect the at risk, but we don't need to shut down the world. And so I think we've overreacted. My hope when I say that is that we come back faster than the headlines would let us believe. You know, if you follow some of the mainstream media, the headlines would tell us that, uh, I mean, believe it or not, they announced that we're going into a recession. I don't know why that had to be brought to the headlines, because it's pretty obvious when you shut down the economy, you are effectively in a recession. But I'm, I'm optimistic that we will collectively turn a corner faster than the headlines would let us believe. Now, you mentioned Dragon's Den. Obviously, you were on Dragon's Den a few years back. Well, you know, you're well-versed in the whole entrepreneurial world. What kind of qualities uh, do businesses right now to survive this whole thing? Well, creativity, patience, tenacity. You know, we're, uh, we're struggling with rules that are changing, rules that are being announced, and then a day later, they're being modified and tweaked. We don't know really if bars and restaurants are open. Does someone want to go to a bar and order a beer from someone wearing full gear, you know, a mask, a shield, uh, any gloves? I mean, it's not a user-friendly environment. So there's a lot of confusion as we start to come back into recovery. So that requires creativity. Putting up with these challenges requires tenacity. And then the the classic uh, passion that's needed to keep a business running. So um, we're testing everyone's entrepreneurial spirit. But Mario, let's go back 100, 200 years. The original farmers, the fur traders, the hunters, the fishermen, the, the people who opened up the West were the original entrepreneurs. And there was nothing easy in that run. Yeah, for sure. So what do entrepreneurs need to do from a business sense uh, uh, to survive? Well, that's quite a challenge. If uh, I'm hoping that most landlords will be a little accommodating. I've certainly, uh, I cut a deal with all of my tenants. 
where I gave them some free rent immediately without asking. I gave them rent deferrals without asking. And every single tenant has signed on to the offer I gave them because I said, look, I want to meet you in the middle. I want you to be a long-term relationship. But I'm running into landlords in Calgary who are basically saying, you got to pay us. If you don't pay us now, you got to pay us in the future. Completely adversarial in their approach. And I don't think that's in the community's interest. So it's been pretty hard on call it restaurants and small business. And I've seen statistics that say that 85% of employment in Canada is small businesses. You would think that landlords would respect that their future is tied to how they treat their small businesses. So when you look forward uh, and going forward, uh, what's your biggest fear about uh, the impact that this is going to have? Well, my question really, and it ties to your answer, it answers your question, is how many people are willing to come back out? almost right away. How many people are afraid for the rest of their lives? I happen to think that people being social creatures, people wanting to mix and mingle, whether their budget allows them to go to the corner bar or to travel and jump on a plane and go to a beach somewhere, um, I think people are going to exercise that right and it's going to happen quickly. I just watch people walking the streets right now. I watch people crave contact and connection and it's not like you need to man hug every every person you run into, but people are looking forward to that opportunity to engage and connect again. And certainly Zoom and uh, Facebook or FaceTime have given people an opportunity to connect in a different way, but it's not what we crave. Now you've mentioned, you know, obviously the social interaction, uh, you know, you, you've got businesses that, uh, that seem to deal with that, right? That, that deal with that social interaction, whether they're restaurants or whether they're a hockey team or whether they're fitness centers. Do you think people have a short memory and uh, when this thing is over with, uh, they're going to go back to normal or you think there's going to be a period of time where they're going to be kind of hands off being around people? Well, this example is different than SARS. It's different than um, H1N1. It's different than the bird flu or whatever. But still, I think people will come back faster than what's being forecast. That's just my my sense of optimism that, uh, you know, I work with a group of people who've learned to wash their hands 12 times a day, up from once in the morning, maybe once at night. So I think we've got some new, call it sanitary habits that are going to be a little different. That'll be a positive. And I genuinely believe that people being social creatures are going to look to come together quicker and sooner than, uh, than we're forecasting right now. We're anxious to watch sport. Everyone wants, even, and I don't know what the NHL is going to do, but I've seen the social media rumors that maybe they play in empty arenas. Will I sign on to watch that? Absolutely, because we're craving some active sport. Watching reruns um, has gotten old already. I want to get your take on a couple of other different kind of impacts. Number one, uh, you know, a lot of retail experts or experts in consumer spending think there's going to be a trend towards frugality now because a lot of people have lost income. A lot of people lost a lot of wealth. But then there's the other side, flip side of the coin, say there's pent up demand. People have been not spending much money. So there's going to be a lot of money to be spent. What's your take on that? Well, I hate to be quoting Donald Trump, but he thinks that we're going to flip a switch and the economy is going to come back quite quickly. I happen to be on his side of the bell curve, believing that we will come back quicker. I mean, has the economy been undermined? Have people been hurt? Uh, absolutely. But I think 
you know, people have cut their cost of living dramatically by staying at home. They're not, uh, I mean, some people are ordering in, but they're not, um, I mean, I'm told that paint is in short supply across Canada. So people are clearly doing paint jobs at, uh, at a record pace. I believe that people's desire to engage will bring them back quicker than, again, the headlines would have us believing. Okay. And the other question about impacts from an investment point of view, where do you think that's going in terms of investors investing in businesses, uh, whether it's real estate or, or, or different uh, kind of ventures? Uh, do you think uh, that will be uh, toned down? Well, I'm in the process of finishing the design on two buildings, one for uh, Windermere, BC, and one for um, Kelowna, BC, that I intend to build, and they're 30,000, 40,000 square feet. And the engagement by the, by the realtors, by the bankers, by the builders, by the designers and architects is extraordinary. Everybody's got his game on. And most importantly, the realtor I'm working with in both cases believes that people are lining past the curve, past the hill that this COVID has created. So I, I really genuinely do believe the investors will come back. Uh, you know, is, are things different? Are, you know, the market price for rent is going to be less than it was. So that's going to change the, the market. But the cost of construction is going down. The cost of operations is going down. So I think this has set us back, in terms of the economy and activity, maybe five years, but not 40 years. It's, we're not back to the dark ages in any way, shape, or form. And people talk about this recession that we're going into. Well, we're going into a man-made recession. We're not going into a cyclical long-term recession. We're going into a man-made recession. We're literally making fun of Trump's analogy. We flip the switch off. The switch won't get turned on, but it's a slider as we dial it back up. As the world, I mean, Italy's back. There's millions of people mingling in a place that we thought might not make it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, switching gears a little bit, just want to talk a little bit about your uh, Kaylee's uh, venture. Now, you've got something going on uh, this month for people in terms of an initiative. Maybe you could explain that for us. Well, what the staff at Kaylee's decided to do, they've been chomping at the bit to do something. And we were looking at, uh, you know, roadside, curbside delivery of some things to someone and realized that we had an extraordinary line of pizzas that our chef had come up with. And we decided to give away 150 pizzas a day to those in need or those who are frontline. And we have said basically very clearly, if someone self-declares that they're in need and would like a free pizza, they'll get one. We're not gonna discuss it or debate it. We need no facts. We need no identification. We need no information, just simply 150. But we're opening up to sell pizza as well. So our hope is that we'll sell a bit of pizza, give away a bit of pizza, create some goodwill in the community, and keep some of my staff, the people that work at Kaylee's, keep them engaged and, uh, and doing good things. There's talk of the restaurants being able to open mid-March, or mid-May rather, coming up ahead of us. I don't know what that looks like. We just don't know. How important is it at this time when you go through periods of economic challenge and, and uh, troubling times to have that community goodwill and spirit there and support? Businesses crave local support. And we're no different in that sense. And, uh, you know, it's going to cost us money to do this in terms of pumping out a couple thousand pizzas for free. But the staff are happy to engage, happy to come back. And, uh, you know, we're losing money sitting there quietly. We'd rather lose a bit of money operating and creating some goodwill because uh, we know that the frontline people are doing a great job. We also know there's people in need. 
So as long as they're willing to come and pick it up, there's 150 pizzas a day to go out the door. Okay, super. One last question, uh, Brett, and obviously, I, since I have you here, I held captive, I can't let you go without asking this question, and it's regarding the oil patch in Alberta. First of all, how uh, are you surprised, or maybe not, that uh, there really hasn't been any support given to the oil patch from the federal government uh, during this tough time? Well, when you think about the fact that Alberta has contributed almost $100 billion to the equalization formula, that uh, the oil patch has generated over $200 billion of taxable wealth that's gone into, uh, into Ottawa, to not see something come back, especially when the federal government said that it would be days or hours about a month ago. We know that Catherine McKenna is working hard to keep fossil fuels in the ground. We know that there's a anti-energy component in Ottawa right now that's disappointing, given the importance of the energy sector to the world, and especially to Canada, and in particular to Alberta. Now, we're suffering enough that the oil patch doesn't see you know, world oil prices recovering quickly because of the stupidity of the Saudis and the, uh, the Russians. So, but as that recovers, as demand recovers, as the economy starts to come back, we'll see demand increase. And low oil prices are a stimulus in themselves for travel. I mean, the cost of filling my car yesterday was one half of what it was uh, six weeks ago. So there's going to be a stimulus for travel, a stimulus in a sense for farmers, for uh, uh, road long hauls, people who are active consumers. The question is, what can the government do? And there's proposals put on the table right now, ranging from pre-purchasing oil at higher prices to doing um, some sort of a tax purchasing, repurchasing tax pools to the possibility of reintroducing uh, income trusts. But there's structural opportunities that the government hasn't acted on. And my hope is it's because they're designing them, not because they're ignoring Alberta. Okay. Is there anything, uh, one last uh, message you want to leave with people and businesses and entrepreneurs uh, during this time? This is a chapter. It's a chapter that will close. I believe we're going to be back and doing what we used to do, which is living. They, people talk about the new normal. I think we're going to be back closer to the old normal by the fall. And I would like that fall to start in July. Okay. Thanks for joining us today, Brett. Appreciate your time, Mario. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.